I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. It is hard to say no to, to people that are inquiring and saying, you know, do you have this date available? And it's very easy to throw your calendar and your schedule out the window to accommodate them. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Katie Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it, well, obviously you are listening, but if you're really enjoying <laughs> it, we would love to know what you think. So leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. For today's episode, we're talking about three ways to set boundaries as an entrepreneur, mm. which is something Jesse I know is extremely... Uh, invested in. And it's something that I have learned over the past year or two that is invaluable to a mm-hmm. business and mm-hmm. to your mental health. Truthfully, it goes beyond even just business, the yeah. business sense. Yeah. Um. So before we get into that good stuff, let's talk about the other good stuff. What are you drinking today? I'm just hydrating with some good old water today. Uh, Same here. Yeah. Yep. So keeping it simple, nothing special there, really just, you know, it's good for the skin good for the body might as well drink it as often Mm. as you can so it's funny I don't think I realized when I was a kid how like good water could taste (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I remember when big water bottles started to become like oh the Nalgene the Nalgene and I never Mm. had one and I was like how can someone drink that much water oh I (laughs) so those were super big when I was in high school and like across the board so we had bubblers everywhere do you say bubblers no what do you say? i know water what they fountains? are water okay fountain, all right yeah. well for anybody who's not from new england a water fountain um i would there were like water fountains all over my high school and i would just i would probably fill that thing up two or three times in a day and drink it i think it's because mm. i was a little no offense to anybody in high school but i was a little bored and it was just like something to do Mm. Um, but I actually remember though, those Nalgene bottles were supposed to be indestructible. And I had a friend, I had a part-time job at a local theater. Um, and I remember her, this friend of mine had her brother roll over with his car, one of the Nalgene bottles. Oh, I think that was like a thing. To that also, was like, a, see if I remember. Yeah. And of course it was pre Instagram, pre reels pre everything to do with social media really so nobody actually i mean maybe you saw a video on youtube of that or something yeah like that. but it didn't break it didn't break yeah it was so yeah i never i never had that i feel like for me i never did first of all i was like i don't know how anybody can drink that much water i didn't <laughs> love water that much but then also if if it was cold like i I didn't like, I don't really like very, very, very cold water. Oh no, because I get it hurts my teeth. It hurts yeah. my teeth. And as I get older, I've noticed that more and more, like I'm actually appreciating masks because it keeps my teeth warmer oh my during God, the winter funny. time. But I oh. actually have like one of those bottles that actually has the time on it. And I am way behind my allotted time for the day. We oh. have to like, so it's like from eight to nine, yeah. you have to drink this much, eight, nine to, to 10. And yeah. I'm, it is now 1140 and I'm only at. 10 a.m. But I've also had a cup of tea. So I haven't had any water except for what I'm drinking right now. Like before this, I was like dry. So just get on water. I know that's why I'm trying to. So as I said, this is something that you have talked about extensively on your blog. It's not something that really I talk about a ton because it's not in my like niche, but 
it is super important to me. And that's how to set boundaries as an entrepreneur. And we, 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 even though we have some different ways to do it, um, it's three, basically three easy ways that you can set those boundaries. So Jesse, yeah. why don't you start us off? Yeah. So number one for me is I'm getting better with uh, email responses. And I know you're probably thinking, what does email responses have to do with setting boundaries? But a lot of the time, and I see it so often in online Facebook groups with other creatives and, you know, photographers, and how do I respond to this email? And how do I do this? And, you know, it's all about people really, you know, struggling to maintain those boundaries and within the scope with potential clients or with clients that you already have. So for me, um, making sure that I'm responding to possible scope creep or possible work that I don't really feel comfortable doing or is just going to be a stretch outside of the lifestyle I want to have between my business and my life. Then I, I, you know, I've learned to just be as succinct and clear and go with what my gut says. So for example, um, you know, if I get an email, you know, from a client that maybe asks, um, you know, well, can you shoot on the weekends or is there a weekend date you have available? And that's like a hard no for me right now. And, mm. you know, I have done it for like one client and that client was fabulous. I loved the shoot and everything about it. And I was happy to accommodate her, but I will tell you the day of, it was a beautiful day here in new England yeah. and we get, it's so few and far between having those perfect days in new England in the summer. That's and I was kind of like, fewer. yeah, I was shooting my, you know, I was like, Oh gosh, it would have been a fantastic beach day or something. And, you know, instead I'm spending all day with a client, which again, I was fine doing at the time. But so now moving forward, whenever I get emails about that are, you know, work outside of my boundaries, work outside of what hours I have, I'm very succinct. And I just respond with, sorry, I don't have that available. I shoot Monday through Thursday and weekends are reserved for my personal time. The end. And, you know, I might add in, I realize this may be a deal breaker. If you would like to move forward on the dates I have available, please let me know. And that's it. That's all I say. And so with your email responses, you want to make sure that you're very clear and you don't have to go through this big windy road mm. explaining yourself because when sometimes when you do that, it opens up more room for argument or negotiation. Just be very clear. And what that does, and, and it sets clarity for your clients. Like they know, oh, okay, like there's no question. And yeah. it just helps move things forward or can end the relationship, which would, which might be for the best. I totally agree. I'm, I feel like I'm really just getting into what you're talking about with, you know, scope creeping. Like when I started my business in terms of writing for other people, I was like, oh, you know, I'll just add that in. That's not a big deal. And now if somebody emails me asking me for something else, you know, I don't hem and haw about it. I just, okay, yes, but this is going to, you know, I'm happy to take care of that. It's going to be this much um, for that service. Uh, and sometimes, well, nine out of 10 times they'll come back and say, yeah, no problem. Just send me the invoice or, you know, and, and when they come back and say, oh, I didn't realize, you know they're kind of embarrassed. So I don't even have to really worry about continuing the conversation. It just kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. um, not always the best way to handle that with going away, but you know, if they're not going to 
go further with it. I'm not going to take it further because I don't want to take any chances of ruining that working relationship if we already have something good going on. Right. Um, you know, that being said with my emails, I, as I, I happen to be, I can be a little glib. And so I've definitely gotten better at being more succinct because I agree with you. The more you talk about something, the more somebody can argue a point. Um, so I've definitely shortened up my emails to the point where I actually, for some things I have like pre-canned like email templates where I just send out something, you know, yeah. whether, whether, and, and I do that for a lot of things actually now, um, whether it's for somebody inquiring about my services or wanting to set up a meeting, you know, I just kind of already have these email templates um, set up and that way I'm also saying the same thing to everybody. So no, I mean, not that my clients really know each other, but I'm not, I don't have to keep track of everything that I'm saying to every single client. Like I know that this is what I do for each and every person. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yep. and when it comes to collaborations, um, I always, so with collaborations, you know, you have a, you get a, a guideline and you, you charge a brand for specific amount of coverage you know, this much for an IG post, this much for an IG story, this much for a blog post and this much to do tagging people or, you know, whatever. Um, I'll always, and this is just my rule of thumb because I'm still starting out. I always do a little extra. Um, not, I don't go crazy, but like I might do an extra story or I might shout something out in a different Instagram post that doesn't, wasn't necessarily included in our scope of work. Um, but for me, that's, I feel like that's just good client relations is kind of giving them a little extra, giving them a little something more to show them how you do your business and you work. But again, you don't want to do too much because then they, if you, if you do continue that working relationship, they might think that you can, they can get a bunch of free stuff out of you. So you just have to be a little delicate there is, you know, maybe give a little extra, Um, especially if you're excited to work with a brand, um, but don't go too far and that they'll expect that that's going to happen every single time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, So one of the other things I've realized is that with service-based entrepreneurs, online businesses, um, sometimes we get ourselves in these situations where we overbook ourselves Mm -hmm. and Um, We do it because we want to accommodate. We do it because we want to make money, more money. Um, But in the end, it really, when we get to that point where it's like that week where we're like have, you know, five clients on the books or whatever, five VIP days, whatever it is that you do, you're just stressed out and everybody suffers. You suffer if you have a family, you know, everybody can tell it. So one thing that I've realized is it's actually it is hard to say no to, to people that are inquiring and saying, you know, do you have this date available? And it's very easy to throw your calendar and your schedule out the window to accommodate them. And so one thing that I've been doing to prevent that from happening, to prevent my, my, you know, people pleasing want to squeeze them in attitude is to just be very guarded with my schedule. And one way I feel like sort of alleviates the pressure in doing it like me having to tell someone is actually just putting how far I'm booking out on my contact me form. So this is something I recently did because what would happen is people would get in touch. And then if I can't 
if I'm whole, if I'm trying to hold my ground and like need to push out their date or push out my availability, I would feel guilty. And then I would almost just feel guilty enough to want to squeeze them in when I know it would make my schedule a living hell. So by putting it out in the open saying, I'm not booking out until X, you know, whatever the first week of March or the first week of April or the first, whatever, this does mean I have to update that form regularly, but because I use HoneyBook and it's all integrated, it's it's a quick thing for me to do, but mm-hmm. they know right up front. And then I even ask them what their preferred shoot date is. It may not be a day I have available, um, but then they, it's like, they've acknowledged the fact that they read that sentence that says I'm booking out till this amount. And then they can put in a date that's kind of near there. They've already kind of said, okay, this works for me. And that by the time they get in touch, I can reiterate that. And I don't have that guilt, that feeling yeah. of guilt. And I maintain my boundary. I totally respect that. In fact, I remember I saw somebody looking for a branding photographer on one of the groups that we're part of on Facebook. And I, I always put you down. And she actually, the the girl that I was talking to, she actually wrote back, she's my first choice, but she's booked out. And it was like crying face. I was like, oh, that happens. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. And, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe at some point I need to rethink my, my workload to accommodate, but I just, at this point, my boundary, I just have to maintain the level of work that I know I can take Mm -hmm. on at the same same amount of time. Totally. Well, you know, as I said earlier, I know most of the time when we have these three things shows, we both have very similar situations. Since my freelance writing is so independent in that I don't have to go and shoot someplace, I can write anywhere. I don't, you know, as long as I don't have a ton of clients asking to have things done Start, like when it got a little busy around the holidays, because all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, I need to, re- you know, use this stuff up. But on the whole, people are very respectful of my time when it comes to I've got enough people going on this week and this enough people needing branding uh, no, yeah, branding you're the branding photographer Jesse enough people needing like copy or content I've been lucky um and as I said I can write anywhere and my timing I'll talk a little bit about this later on is is a little different from your regular nine to five so you know I'm writing some different hours my boundary here has to do with collaborations. I used to take gifted campaigns. I think every blogger, influencer, whatever you want to call yourself has taken gifted campaigns, especially when you first start out. Um, But I stopped doing that in 2021. And the reason being is while it's fantastic to have a brand contact you and offer free product, especially if it's something that you love or it's a very expensive you know, gift that they're giving you, um, you're still, you know, while they're providing a product, you're still providing a service. Like a a brand would not go to an advertising agency and be like, Hey, I've got this product. I'll give you the product. If you, um, give us some coverage of it, like that's not what's going to happen. And, you know, just like an advertising company, I shoot the, the product, you know, sometimes that involves having you come in and shoot it for me. Um, I have to come up with the copy. I have to come up with, you know, the whole idea behind the campaign. You know, I mean, yes, you do usually get some guidelines, um, from a brand that you're working with, but a lot of times it's, you know, you're working within a parameter of, um, of, of recommendations. So you can kind of create a lot of what you want to. So I have to come up with the whole idea that's work. 
Um, so I decided last year not to do that anymore. Um, yeah. And it, unfortunately, because there are still a lot of bloggers, and again, I understand and I, and and accept that there are for forever there's going to be bloggers and influencers accepting product for for compensation. I get that, and I get why. Um, but that seems to be the main form of currency still. So I get a lot of emails or DMs or whatever telling me, um, hey, we'd love for you to um, share our product online. We, you know, this is, this is, you know, we'd send you the product and, you know, you could post about it on Instagram. And I'll always start the conversation with, um, I'm very excited at the opportunity to work with you. However, um, you know, do you, what does your budget look like for working with influencers? And that's a nice way of saying, what are you going to be paying me? Um, if they come back and say, yes, we'll go into negotiations, you know, I'll offer them up my fee and, you know, we'll go from there. If it's a no, I do one of two things. I used to just say no. Um, right now I can only accept paid collaborations now I've started doing something because I know a lot of people are really stressing the importance of influencer and blogger relations and campaigns. I'll say, okay, um, I right now I can only guarantee coverage for paid collaborations. But if you would still like to, you know, send me the product, I can, you know, if I end up loving it, I can certainly work it into my content in an organic and truthful way. So I might not do like a specific Instagram post that's like hey, calling out, um, hey, I love this dress and I got it from this company. I might have a Instagram where I'm doing something. I'm maybe on my, one of my, my travel guides and, you know, I'm talking about this de destination and I might have like a little PS, you know, don't you love this dress from wherever or I'm right. loving this product from this. So I just kind of work it into my con content, but it's only if I like it. Um, and most of the time, brands are happy to do that. They're happy to send you mm. the product in the hopes that you will end up mentioning it in some way or shape or form. Sometimes they come back and say, no, that's fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be my, that's my, my little rule is only paid, um, paid collaborations. No, I think that's on. perfectly reasonable. I think <laughs> there is a balance in the, in the, the, your world and entrepreneur world and service provider world where we're expected to, you know, give things away for free or for how free. much extra work that will it be to just, you know, give me a few extra, you know, a few extra images here and things have What's value. What's the hurt? And You're taking them already, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, so yeah. Um, totally. The other thing that I think is really important is having, you know, a clear process within your own service or offer, or, mm -hmm. you know, in your case, your collaborations, the way you work with brands or the way you work with your own clients, but also working hours. So one thing that you can do to set those boundaries up front are just having, you know, that conversation during that first phone call that you may have with them kind of walking through what the process is. I do this with my own clients. I talk about you know, okay, what are the next steps if we were to move forward? And so that there's not like a lot of this, well, what happens next? Well, what happens here? What happens? And that emailing back and forth takes a lot of time. And I don't, I try to avoid that. Um, so, you know, again, so that my clients aren't constantly getting in touch. Um, it's very clear. And a lot of this, I have templated out um, in HoneyBook, all of my emails are templated out, all my, like my workflows templated out. So I think just really 
having those um, those expectations set up front, again, whether it's during your first phone call and your contract, guiding them through that. A lot of people also use Loom to um, mm. as service providers as like, oh, I'm so, they'll almost do like an onboarding welcome e- like email with like a video. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited you're, you're going to be working together and this is what to expect and so on and so forth. Um, I know a lot of coaches have to be very careful with this in terms of like when they can access their coach and you know, anything outside of those hours, like that you're not going to respond for me as far as working hours. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I can work, you know, as long as I'm not at issue, I can make my own daily hours, but I typically try not to respond to emails after five or 6 PM because it then will tell my clients, this is okay to email me at these hours. And I typically don't really want to respond unless I want to respond. And the other thing is my shoot days. So I typically set aside certain days of the week to shoot Tuesdays and Thursdays are my options. I don't shoot on both days, but I lay that out as those are my preferred shoot days. And then what that does is it allows me to set aside Monday, Wednesday, Friday for other things like Wednesdays, we record mm-hmm. cocktails and content creation. And then I can plan my own content. I can schedule my shoot plan calls with clients. I can set, schedule my lead um, calls if anyone wants to get in touch and have that first phone call. So setting your working hours and setting that clear process is really important. I totally agree. And I love what you say about like having things templated out because I have an outline of my onboarding meetings with bullet points on my process. So that for one thing, I schedule like a specific amount of time. I don't want to be going over that. And really, in the end, it's more important for me to like listen to my clients. So I'm not only I have questions for them. That's not only outlining their goals for copying content, but I also want to hear what they sound like. Mm. And that is the biggest part of that first meeting is listening to their voice um, and also finding out if they, you know, what tone they they do want to take, because most people, they want to write like they they talk and I would always advise, I mean, unless you're like a law firm, um, which, you know, you've got to kind of be a little bit more formal. I'd always advise that that's the best way to go about things, because when people read content on your or copy on your website that you're supposedly saying, they want to when they talk to you, finally, they want to hear a similar tone of voice. They don't want to kind of be shocked Oh, well, this person sounds completely different in person. Um, So for me, I'm trying to capture not only the information they want to share, but also that voice in that first meeting. Um, So that's why I kind of have that that meeting outlined so I can really pay more attention to what they're to what they're saying and how they're saying it than Mm -hmm. having to like go over, like having to worry about remembering everything that I need to tell them. Yeah. Um, As a mom, working hours can be fuzzy. and that's one of the reasons I do what I do. I might mm-hmm. work when Ariel goes to bed at eight and when most of my clients are done with work for the day. Or I may write on the weekends. But that means, as I said, that means I can take Ariel to her activities during the week or doctor's appointments or take her shopping or on day trips, which is kind of a different part of my work with, you know, capturing mm-hmm. content. Um, so my rules are with that, that I don't answer work emails dms or texts when i'm in the middle of those experiences because i want to be present with her because that is why i do what i do Mm -hmm. being a writer i love writing and i love creating content but a big reason why i do it for myself and and yes i'm doing it for other people but why i work for myself is that i can do what i want to do and work on my own time Mm -hmm. 
So with that being said, when I am working those strange hours, I do try to reserve emails um, for working hours because I agree with what you say on, uh, you know, your client knowing when they can contact you. Um, You know, I'll answer. I'll certainly answer emails during the day as well. You know, it's not like if I get an email um, after I'm done with that, you know, with Ariel's doctor's appointment or with the thing, I'll certainly answer it. Um, It's not like I'm out the whole day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if I'm particularly excited about something or, you know, I've got a lot of stuff that I know I've got to do the next day and I just finished up this blog post, I'll send it out. You know, I'll send an email saying, hey, this is done, even if it's eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. I do not expect my clients to be available during those times of the day, though. I always schedule my meetings for the typical nine to five with exceptions. Um, but that's because I'm usually working later on. And that's very, that's very rare. Most people do want to work between or want to meet during, between those nine to five hours. Mm, yeah. um, so I try to, so I try to keep meetings and emails between nine to five um, with certain exceptions, but then I'll work whenever I can, whenever I want to. And sometimes I'm a night owl, you know, sometimes I get my best ideas when I'm sitting on the couch watching TV at yeah. nine o'clock at night. So I just have to strike while the iron's hot yeah no I love and that's that. and that's we we can do that because mm-hmm. that's why we chose what we chose to do was to do things on our own terms yeah um, and I think that's another big point for people is that when you're setting your boundaries you you are you know you don't have to follow what we've been telling you you know obviously you have to be considerate of other people like with the whole you know when I set meetings is between those nine to five times even if I'm not always working during those times. You know, you have to be considerate of your clients and your readers and everything, but um, making sure that you set things that are going to work for your lifestyle is what's important. Yes, exactly. I think that's really important is you want to make sure that you build the lifestyle you want. And I always tell people, especially like photographers, um, you know, in the brand photographer method, when they're trying to like a simple, something as simple as, you know, creating their packages. If they hate the idea of a, full day session because that sounds terrible to them don't do it you have the power to create your own packages and pack value into them that can appeal to your ideal client and meet your lifestyle so and that's when you're going to be turning in your best work and that's what you you know hopefully when you're when you're an entrepreneur hopefully you're not like the typical nine to fiver going to an office in that you're doing this because you love doing it and therefore, why are you going to do something that you don't love doing? I mean, except, you, you know, except for certain things that you kind of have to do in business and in life. But that's a whole other discussion. So thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. If you want to check out the show notes, head to cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. You can join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. And you can join us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review, like Jesse said, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionablykateenco. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos or at the Brand Photographer Method if you're interested in pivoting into brand photography. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Mm-hmm.